thanks everyone. Um, I just thought I'd give you a bit of an overview about how our program came to be. I'm going to start with a little bit of information around um, uh, just the, the nature of ageing in our, in our society and where the need has come from. Um, and uh, a bit about our program and the components and, and where we've gotten to and where we're up to now. So I'll just um, go through a few things. So I think it's probably um, pretty well known by you because you're all here tonight that um, the, the, the ageing workforce or the people in ageing in general, it's different to how it's been in previous years. And I, my theory is it has a lot to do with hair dye because you can hide, hide the grey. <laughs> and certainly if you think about Mick Jagger, he wouldn't look anywhere near as good if he was grey haired. Um, so it's able to really sort of help people, you know, when, when they're feeling um, still vibrant and healthy and uh, wanting to engage in society. Um, that you know, the boomers are really changing how ageing is working, and um, and rightly so. Um, so it, you need to sort of really think about not only the boomers, but the the, the you know the sort of the years beyond them, the ones that are really sort of pushing up there in the higher. Uh, higher age brackets, but there's still plenty of people that are out there that are pushing the boundaries and they're, you know, very much about, we're oh, not going to lie down and just become, you know, sit in the corner and do my knitting. Um, this is not what they want to do and these, those three ladies there are quite, are quite far advanced in their age in the 90s and 80s. Um, and, but really sort of out there and proud to sort of be the age that they are and not wanting to really hide the fact. But the reality is, uh, from a government perspective, there's a lot, of, a lot to consider. Um, a recent university study from Sydney University is saying that nearly a quarter of the people in their 40s will be too sick to work in, into their retirement years, and that's a pretty terrible statistic. Yep. Lots of different factors, lots of different factors. And, you know, we're expecting people to work for longer. The preservation age uh, is up to 67 for entitlement to full access to your super. Um, you think about where things are going with the age pension, that people are just expected to work for longer. Um, but the reality is that um, a lot of people in their 60s now don't have enough money in their superannuation account to survive through to you know, their end point. Um, if you're born in 2007, you can expect to live to be 100. That's a long time in retirement if you think you're gonna stop working in your 60s, maybe it's gonna be in your 70s. And how do you do that? And how do you make sure that you set yourself up and you're in a good position for when it is you, you decide and you, that you want to retire? And a lot of people are not fully retiring these days, but there's, so there's a whole range of choice that comes into things as well. But it's quite alarming if you think about uh, women in particular in the, you know, the 50s and 60s, they are the most at risk group of homelessness. They haven't got enough in their superannuation, super hasn't been around for long enough, uh, they've had career breaks for children, they find themselves divorced, they don't have uh, the stability or the security that they used to have. And when they can't work anymore, they can't meet their bills and they end up on the street. So one of the people that, I, that helped put this program together, um, she's from Melbourne and she was saying that there's a woman that she's seen because she travels quite a lot that lives in the airport. You know, there is nowhere for her to go. 
So it's, it's really alarming and it's alarming you see more and more homeless people around in the suburbs. It's not just in the city these days, they're everywhere. But um, it's recognised and the UK have been doing some great work. Dame Carol Black um, has been uh, put a lot of research into um, advising government about what they should be considering over there because, you know, her theory is that work is good for you. And if you think about the opposite end of that, where you've got people who are in the lower socioeconomic groups, you know, they've generally got poorer health, they may, you know, uh, less educated, uh, they're unemployed for great lengths of time. That's not a great lifestyle. It's not where you want to be. So to lift people out of that, uh, that pattern is to really sort of keep them, put them into gainful employment. In Australia, what has happened is the Royal College of Physicians have picked up what uh, Dame Carol Black has been doing, but they've added a word in and they're saying the health benefits of good work. So they've got a whole platform that they're, um, they're very interested in, in the research and, um, and how, how working and health outcomes come together. Because I think there's quite a lot in there about, you know, we all understand workers' compensation and you should come back to work early and the reason that you do, you know, because if you're out of, if you're out of work or you're not at work because of an injury for uh, a month, you only have a 30% chance of coming back to any form of employment. It's pretty compelling and it's understood in that arena, but it's not understood from the wider perspective. So they're doing a lot of work in that sphere as well. Um, and the Working for a Healthier Tomorrow is her paper that she's advised um, the government on, which um, I think is um, pretty compelling because it's really still not well understood the link between work and you help your well-being into the into your age as your age. So where we came into this, um, I partnered with a company called WCD. Um, Morag Fitzsimons is the uh, director of that company. I've known Morag a really long time. We did a lot of work on workers' compensation and analytics and that sort of stuff in the past. And um, in my current role at West Farmers Industrial and Safety, we've got different, um, different business units. We're the smallest part of the West Farmers group. So Coles demerged last year, earlier this year, um, sort of halved the size of the group. So there's about 110,000 people in West Farmers altogether. There's around about 5,000 in the part that I work in. Um, and what happened was, uh, and we don't have, thankfully, we don't have very, very many workplace injuries. Um, but we had a couple of injuries in um, our gas operations, core gas. Um, and, you know, a lot of what we have from our workforce perspective is we, because we've got 40,000 product lines in the Blackwoods business, and then we've got the industrial and medical gas, really highly technical, lots of um, background and um, expertise in our workforce. So we want to keep them. And uh, what we had in Core Gas in 2015 was a couple of people who had had um, significant manual handling type injuries. If you think about those G-sized cylinders, the, the really big tall ones, they weigh about 80 or 90 kilos and trying to handle those and roll them around and take fittings off and that sort of stuff. So we had a few. And there's sort of some frustration in that, in that part of the business because um, you know, they really needed these guys to be fully fit and working, but the fact was they were really quite unfit, they're overweight, um, they sort of had their own health challenges as they were all getting older because they'd been in the business a really long time. So that's where um, I know that Morag and, and WCD have been talking about mature age workforce, 
for about 20 years. So they're way ahead of the curve. So I was talking to Morag about what could we do because we wanted to create a program that would be of interest to these guys, but we pretty much knew them well enough to know that if we just went in with a, you know, here's a fitness program and you can all go on a diet, they were just not going to engage in any of that. So, um, yeah, they really needed it. They had like six pies at lunchtime, but yeah, they, were, they just didn't want to do it. So anyway, so we put this program together that Morag had sort of been, had been working on um, and pulling, pulling together anyway, and it, it had a number of components in it. And we ran this pilot um, with these guys out at Yonora, and it was very surprising, the stuff. They were just, they were not interested in their physical health, but they were really concerned about their psychological health in retirement which was quite surprising. They were very open in their discussions. They were sharing a lot of personal information with their peers, which was really interesting as well. Um, so that sort of the, and the feedback was really good. So it had, you know, we had the, the financial side of the program. So it was sort of the, sort of the mini pilot that went through that business. So we took that feedback and at the time, at the end of 2015 and into 2016, we were doing a big restructure in the supply chain business in Blackwoods. And people were quite unsettled because of this restructure. So um, we thought that what would be a good thing to do was to do sort of some better analysis of what our workplace injuries were and you know, our workforce and you know, would this be of benefit to this little pilot that we'd done in the core gas business. So we did the analytics and this is what we've learned. Um, so nearly half our workforce are over the age of 45. Um, more than, you know, well, one in five are over the age, uh, over the age of 55. That our 55-year-olds take 50% more unplanned leave, so all types of leave, 50% more. It's not that they take it more often, but when they take it, they're off for longer for whatever the reason is, whether it's illness, injury, whatever the reason, they're not, they're, uh, it, it gets worse as you get older. So there was also a strong relationship between injury rates um, and age. So if you had a claim and you're over 55, 37% higher cost of claim um, and the duration yeah, you know, 37. Sorry, 37% more likely to have a claim, and uh, the cost 30% higher, and the duration went for longer. Because you've got to think about the interaction of chronic ill health, aging in general, and the impact and recovery. Everybody knows that as you get older, it does take you longer to recover. Um, so, looking at lifestyle uh, and general fitness levels and things. So we were trying to sort of figure out how to sort of try and pull all this together to. But at least we had a starting point. We knew that there were, was benefit if we could impact people's well-being and their general fitness levels and how could we help them to look after themselves better um, as they got older so that they would maintain their employment, hopefully with us, because we wanted to retain that, that knowledge because that's a big risk to the organisation having all of that knowledge leave. Because if you think about it, when someone has an injury, you get no notice about that. If they plan to have retirement, maybe you get a month and that doesn't give much time to give that knowledge transfer. And from an employee's perspective, it's pretty disappointing if you've worked in the organisation for 40 years and you've got all this specialist product knowledge and you just walk out the door and it all walks, walks out with you and there's, no, and there's this big gap and there's nobody there and you could really mentor somebody into a much better position. So there was a lot to consider. So we decided uh, to name our program Planning for the Time of Your Life. 
Um, it's aimed at anyone over the age of 45, and a lot of people get a bit confronted by the fact that 45 is where you start. But it does give you, you know, 10, 15, 20 odd years to really get your plan in place, to be in a good position when you do want to finish work, whenever that might be. And the program talks about your personal wealth, your health, what do you think you want to do? How long do you want to work for? And looks at all the different eventualities because not everybody gets the plan that they had hoped for. But it was very, it's very much about taking personal responsibility, coming out with your own action plan so that you are then going to be in control of your future because everybody wants something slightly different. So how to, how to unpack that and how to make that worthwhile. Because if you think about it in the way things are, generally speaking, you're employed, something happens, one in three people leave the workforce not of their own choice. So, you know, you can become ill, your partner becomes ill, uh, you're made redundant, um, a whole range of things can happen, or if you're lucky, you get to choose. And then generally people retire and then they think, oh, I better put a plan together. And it's too late then. So what this program is about is like, you're employed, put a plan in place, and then when that event happens and you retire, you know what you're up for. So um, the program has a number of different elements that we ask the participants to, um, to consider uh, as part of putting their action plan together. But the, the opening of the program is very much about, this is a gift. This is a gift to you from, from your employer, from Blackwoods or Corgas. We're giving you two hours to concentrate just on you and what it is that you want. There's, there's nothing, there's no expectation that you will give anything back to uh, to Blackwoods or to Corgas. This is solely focused on your own on your own future. Um, it's looking at you know and and looking very much at um, ha how to sort of prepare people as they move into the different elements of moving you know of getting older and where they're up to um, in their careers. A big part of the program is around your personal wealth. People just don't understand superannuation. It changes all the time. The rules change. They just everybody just goes, oh yeah, that somebody's taking care of that. It'll be okay. And let me tell you, it isn't. So we really try to get people to understand that they need to take control. So from our surveys that we run through these programs, 64% they couldn't name the the balance of their super account to within a hundred thousand. Just no idea. No idea. Somebody else is looking after that for me. It's going to be fine. Um, people were really confused around uh, eligibility for the age pension. They figured that they figured that, that was when you retired, when you got the age pension, but it doesn't have to be that way. They don't understand what's available from Centrelink. They, don't, they just really don't have any, because everybody thinks about, oh, I don't want, need to think about that now. So this is really about trying to get simple messages across to people that you need to think about these things because you know, and it says on the screen there, you know, 84% of our people are motivated by money to continue working. But once you reach 65, that drops down significantly. So they're not, in, not at work just for the cash. There's social connections, there's, you know, reason to get out of bed every day. So you've got to really sort of start to think these things through. Because, um, you know, a lot of people hadn't really had a plan, hadn't thought about it. So if you haven't got a plan, then that creates a lot of stress and bother for people. And over 50 year olds are you know, at significant risk of depression. And what are you gonna do as you start to get older and you think, oh my God, have I got enough money? How am I gonna live? What am I gonna do? So this is really trying to get people 
bring it to the forefront and take a, make a plan. Um, the financial part of the sessions, when we ran them in the face-to-face -face forums, we engaged with MRSA, they're our default super fund partner, um, for a couple of reasons. One, because it was, didn't cost anything, so that was a bonus. Um, but also because they are the default super fund, so that after these planning for the time of your life sessions, um, MRSA then came back on a different day and people could have a one-on-one -on -one session with the super partner. Um, and they would be able to look into their systems and pull up your data. So it was very personal. Um, and that, that first session was just part of your member, uh, membership. So you didn't have to pay for any of that. Uh, so it talks about different ways of managing, managing super, how much you need to have a comfortable lifestyle as opposed to you know, an average lifestyle and how long, you know, how long have you got and, how does, and, you know, and about the, some of the rules and how the rules are changing but you know, very much just a broad brush approach to really have these are the main things that you need to consider in relation to your finances. Um, we also went into, uh, we could spend quite a bit of time on personal health. We've been trying to push uh, health and wellbeing um, in our programs as well. And it's quite difficult to uh, penetrate when you've got a geographically dispersed um, network of people, you know, trying to get to people in Kununurra and Karatha and Orange and all over the place. So a lot of the stuff that we offer is often CBD only because there's just diffi it's difficult to get out. Um, so yeah, some of our programs that we're running, you know, 10,000 step programs and things like that, a lot of people knew about it, but not that many, you know, like 30, 30 or 40% of people had taken it up, which is not a bad statistic, but it, you know, you always want it to be better than that. Um, and really looking at, you know, what are the things that, you know, if you are looking after your health, how does that help you prevent injury? You know, it's because if you've got chronic health conditions, then you're like, likely to be impacted more by simple workplace events. Also spend quite a bit of time on just what does ageing mean? You know, you get older, you need glasses, you can't hear as well, and, you, you know, your peaks peak strength or your aerobic capacity decreases. So the people that, that in my workplace, they're pick and pack and orders in the warehouse all the time. They're moving product. We have everything from a pair of um, safety glasses to a ladder and a wheelbarrow and a pallet jack and everything in between. So it's sort of like a B2B. If you think about Bunnings, it's, but it's, that's B2C, but we're B2B. So huge product range. Um, and requires a significant amount of you know, strength and flexibility to be able to continue to, to work in those um, situations. And so we really talk to people about, well, you know, if you're doing a, a job that's quite manually intensive, is that what you want to keep doing? Do you think you're fit enough to keep doing it? If you're not, if you don't think you're fit enough, or maybe you need to brush up on your fitness, how are you going to go about that? Because if you want to keep doing what you're doing now, then you're going to have to take care of things now so that you'll be able to do it in the future. Um, do you want to, do, do you need to be reskilled or retrained? So we've had some people that have been in the warehouse that have taken up different um, opportunities around the trade counter, so they're not lifting and carrying as much. But you need to be able to have that conversation with your manager about, you know, well, I'm, I'm interested in doing these other, something different. And some people will just take themselves off and get reskilled or retrained into something so that they know that they will be able to continue to have a, an income stream but maybe not be as physically challenged. But 
a lot of the feedback that we got from people is that they love doing what they're doing. They love their, their colleagues and coming into work and all that sort of stuff. That's really good feedback. That's fabulous feedback. But it's how to help them maintain that level of fitness and how do we keep them working for us doing the things because we don't want the churn that, that you can get in organisations. So we did talk quite a bit about future work intentions. Um, a lot of people were really interested in flexible work arrangements and going to part-time. Um, nearly half of people didn't really know what their long-term options were. They hadn't thought about it. They didn't really, it hadn't, hadn't entered their mind. They just was just going week to week and day to day. Uh, people did say that they would consider delaying uh, their retirement if they had flexible work arrangements and potentially dropping a couple of days or starting later. I mean, our warehouse out at Greystone starts at 3am and goes through till sort of 10 o'clock at night. So, you know, that's pretty punishing from a shift work perspective. So how do you sort of think about maybe reducing the hours? We've done quite well recently in employing, you know, creating um, shift start time and finish times to get um, working parents, you know, between sort of that 10 and 3. How can we do that for these uh, for other people? Um, and about half of the people that have come to these uh, sessions intend to stay working and doing what they're doing, but about 30% don't have any have a clue. They don't really know what they want to do, whether they want to continue to work for us or not. So it's really about getting them to think think about you know if you're going to be healthy, how do you maintain your health? What are you going to do? How are you going to maintain some sort of income stream? so that you can um, be better in, re in retirement, be in a better position. Um, social connectedness was something that people hadn't really considered because if you're not going to come to work every day, what are you going to do? What's your reason for getting out of bed? So in the initial pilot with those guys out at Corgas, they were really concerned about romance in their lives. What were they going to do all day when they were at home with their wife and they're both in the same location all day, every day. That's their feedback. You go, well, yeah, what are you going to do? So, you know, and you can only play golf so many times a week. It's not that fulfilling, really. So, you know, talking to them about, you know, how, what else, what would you do instead? How do you connect into your community? Do you want to volunteer? What things do you, you know, is there more learning that you want to do a language or something else where you're with a group of people, but it gives you purpose to get out of bed and engage with, with your community. So it was really sort of having people sort of think about what, where are you going to go? What is it that you want to do and what's your purpose? Because that's what a lot of people really struggle with when they, when they stop working and it's about what is their purpose. So we had a lot of feedback um, uh, that we'd worked through um, as we went through. I mean, it was pretty um, outstanding uh, results. People really liked the program. They thought it was easy to understand. It gave them valuable information. They were happy to sort of talk to um, their peers about the program and, um, you know, what they, you know, about taking some action. Um, and the majority of people actually made that appointment with, on the one-on-one -on -one with Mercer to get, get, at least get started. Um, so for us, the next steps, we were going, okay, well, now we've done all these CBD locations, where, how are we going to get to the region? So we've gone to a webinar version. Um, and I think that's a great thing as well because it, do, it 
anybody can come on the webinar session and you, we're saying it's out of hours, it's at home and you can have your partner with you so you can both hear the information at the same time and make a plan together. Um, there was always the option for the one-on-one -on -one sessions with Mercer for people to bring their, their partner with them, but I think only one person did that. Everybody else was just, um, they, they were on their own. Um, and, you know, we also wanted to make sure that people weren't going to be trying to do a webinar in work time because, you know, then someone's going to come and talk, tap you on the shoulder or, then, you know, an email's going to come up or you'll be tending to look at your phone or do whatever. So we just thought that out of hours was going to be better. Um, one thing that was on one of the previous slides was about our EAP program when we first started rolling these out. You know, EAP just didn't rate people. The feedback that we got was that, you know, oh yeah, EAPs for when you can't figure out what to do with me. And that wasn't, and that wasn't what we wanted. So we actively went out, we've changed EAP providers. We've now got this great um, partner, Assure. We've got a really good program. And one of the things that it offers is uh, for free, financial sessions. So it's actually better than Mercer because Mercer only give you one. So completely independent, you're not going to be locked to any sort of any brand of any sort of product. Um, so that's what we're promoting in the webinar program to go to EAP and get those financial sessions sorted. Um, when we were having Mercer on site, we also got them to run um, a session for the younger cohort called in, uh, and their program's called Building Wealth for the Future. And I was just talking to people about, you know, credit card debt, paying down debt, how to save, um, what sort of investment would you want, do you know what it is about neg negative gearing, just sort of some general thought processes around finance. Um, but one of the things that we did really push as well in both both the programs was about nominating your beneficiaries because a lot of people hadn't nominated them and they didn't understand that they wouldn't necessarily um, have their funds allocated to who they would think would be their next of kin or whatever if it wasn't written down on the form. So a lot of people took up that action. Oh, and then finally, we were shortlisted for an award in ARI last year, so we were pretty proud about that. So we didn't win, which is a bit of a shame, but anyway, <laughs> we got to dress up. <laughs> so there you are. That's my program.